Welcome to Pure Nonfiction, the podcast interviewing documentary filmmakers. I'm Tom Powers, the artistic director of New York's documentary festival, Doc NYC. On this episode, I talk to activist Joshua Wong. He's the subject of the Netflix documentary, Joshua, Teenager versus Superpower. At the age of 14, Joshua started protesting moves by the Chinese government to exert more control over his city of Hong Kong. Before I involved in politics, I'm just a normal student and a normal kid. I went to school, put effort in my study, but those days are now gone. Instead of just focusing on GPA, why don't try to care about the city that we live and the city that we love? The history goes back to 1997, when Joshua was only one years old. That year, Hong Kong changed its status from a British colony to join the People's Republic of China. As part of the transition, Hong Kong kept its own laws, including freedoms of press and assembly. The slogan in China was, one country, two systems. But that philosophy has repeatedly been tested as leaders in Beijing try to inject more of their system. In 2011, China moved to impose its national education curriculum into Hong Kong schools. That was the move that sparked Joshua and his friends to form a protest group called Scholarism. I founded Scholarism while I'm 14 years old. What we hope to do is just demand for freedom of mind and freedom of speech to show our disagreement to brainwashing education. In Joshua, Teenager versus Superpower, we watch as their small grassroots effort grows into a massive act of civil disobedience. In 2014, thousands of protesters conducted a street occupation known as the Umbrella Movement that resulted in a violent backlash from the police. The movement called for greater democracy in choosing Hong Kong's leaders instead of having them picked in Beijing. The future of Hong Kong should be decided by Hong Kong instead of the Chinese government. Joshua's prominence has caused him to be physically attacked and persecuted. This year, he spent two months in prison for charges dating back to the 2014 protests. He was released last month, just as a new wave of Hong Kong protests were taking place with over a million people in the streets. My meeting with him took place two years ago at the Sundance Film Festival, when Joshua Teenager vs. Superpower had its premiere. He was joined by the film's American director, Joe Piscatella. They are a surprise pairing in a way. Piscatella has a background writing animated cartoons, including the Disney movie Underdog. But he's since focused on real-life underdogs. His first documentary was called Hashtag Chicago Girl, about an American teenager using the Internet to support Syria's revolution. Following that, he was brought into Joshua's story by producers Andrew Duncan and Matthew Torn. Their team had been filming with Joshua from early on. So let's get into this conversation, recorded in January 2017, when Joshua was 19. It starts with Joe explaining how the film covered the Umbrella Movement from a multitude of sources. We found there was this network of citizen journalists that were on the ground in Hong Kong who you know, captured things that either our cameras couldn't get or didn't get or that we just 
couldn't be at. And suddenly we found you could just fill out anything you needed. So, you know, it's kids with cell phones and cameras. Somebody somewhere shot it. It was just a matter of tapping into that network and finding them. Joshua, you've had a, a lot of media attention. At what point did you become aware that, you know, Joe wanted to make a film about you, that this group of American filmmakers wanted to make a film about you? And, and how, did, how were you thinking about it? A few years ago, I met Andrew in New York, and Andrew told me that he's quite interested to my story and hope it uh, to produce uh, to be an international documentary to let more people to know about the situation in Hong Kong. So that's the starting one for me um, to involve in this um, project, and I'm quite enjoy it. And I just uh, watched this uh, documentary. Uh, last November uh, for the first time and the second time is few days ago and I I think how this documentary record my six-year journeys would be inspired I just hope it can inspire more people so did the project get going before the umbrella movement of fall of 2014 or were you kind of starting the project after that had already taken place uh, you know, footage had been being filmed really since 2000, late 2011, early 2012. Uh, and then there was just cameras were rolling. And I think we were trying to figure out what are you going to do with the story? And the story just kept going on and on. And I came on to it later and just realized there was just an amazing amount of footage that our producer, Matthew Torn, had been getting. And between that and, you know, some of the, the footage that we were getting from some citizen journalists, there was just kind of the first half of the movie was already there. It was a matter of how do you capture the second half and figure out what the ending is for these kids' story, at least this chapter of it. So, Joshua, this film really begins, I think you were around 14 years old and uh, leading a movement um, around the issue of education in Hong Kong. Can you explain to people who haven't seen the film what that movement was, why you were going out in the streets? Um, Hong Kong is under the rule of China, but it still have um, approximation of autonomy. But in the recent year, um, China government just increased its influence and interference to Hong Kong. And in six years ago, 2011, it planned to introduce the national education school curriculum, and it forced every student in Hong Kong to show their loyalty to Communist Party of China. So I just found the student activist group and through um, street promotion, rally, demonstration, and in 2012 result with 100,000 people occupied on the street for nine days and it forced the government to put aside the implementation of school curriculum and we successfully uh, win in this battle of the anti-brainwashing education school curriculum from starting point with just only 100 people in the rally and result in 100,000 people in the occupied civil disobedience. There's a journalist in the film who essentially says for a Hong Kong parent, uh, this would be no one's idea of a great plan for their kid. Like most Hong Kong parents want their kids to focus on schools, not get politically active, keep their head down. Why are you different? Um, Sometimes I think I'm still a normal high school student or university student, uh, but it's lucky that uh, in Hong Kong, a lot of parents, uh, just similar to those tiger mom or helicopter parents, hope to control the children's uh, son or daughters and enter the best university and find a job, uh, a job to be the middle class and professionals and, and, and buy the flat in the future. 
But um, it's lucky that my parents um, do not really control me or uh, limited uh, my own uh, def- personal development, and they just give me enough room and space to do what I want. So it's lucky that I get a really a great. Uh, mom and dad, and led me to involve in social movement. Even they are not the one who really interested in politics.、Hmm. Interesting. What were your inspirations? Like I think of you know young activists in the United States maybe would take inspiration from Martin Luther King. Young activists in South Asia might take inspiration from Gandhi.、Uh, I wonder what your influences were.、Um, I do. I don't have a particular role model for me. Uh, at the starting point of involving in social movement, because I think、um, Gandhi and、uh, Nelson Mandela, of course, they are the one who we really admire,、uh, and we we really think they are the one who contribute a lot in the previous day. But in Hong Kong, we have diverse political system,、um, cultural or history. But what we hope is just、uh, have a simple reflection in the starting point. Being a citizen, live in Hong Kong. If this is a place we're born, we live, and we love, how can we contribute to the development of our society? Joe, as、uh, as tensions were mounting、uh, during the the fall of two thousand fourteen, for the the team of people who were working、um, on this film covering the citizens、uh, movement, were there challenges to practicing journalism in Hong Kong? There were, and you know, as the As Matthew Torn can attest to, when they started filming, it was fairly easy. You could roll a camera whenever you wanted, and then just as the story went on and on, it just got harder and harder to film. There were more police crackdowns. There was more adversity to try to get footage out. We were doing things like hiding hard drives, or you know, or stashing hard drives in other places in case the hard drive you took to the airport got snatched.、Uh, so suddenly, we really had to look at. How are you going to get the story out? Because it just wasn't as simple as it was. Well, when they started filming in 2012, when you described those measures,、um, were they ultimately precautionary, or or did the people working on this film ever, you know, have hard drives taken or things like that? We didn't have any issues with hard drives being taken. We had issues、uh, at certain rallies where cameramen were targeted with pepper spray,、um, but for the most part, it ended up、uh, it was precaution. You know, just we didn't know. If you were going to get to the airport, or your car was going to get pulled over, and you're going to have to hand over everything you had just shot, Joshua. In the course of this, you've experienced physical attacks. You've done some short stints in jail, and with a lot of、uh, legal pressure hanging over you. And I wonder where you draw your courage from. I draw my courage from my hope to future.、Uh, and compared to, I would say that、uh, compared to. A lot of、um, politician or activists, they may already、uh, graduate from university. They need to worry for their salary and worry for their parents, and even、uh, they there's a lot of burden from、uh, maybe their son or daughters. It's not easy for them to stand in the front line. But without a lot of burden from my family, and、um, I'm still in school, I do not need to worry about、um, to finding a job in the future.、Uh, Uh, even I think it's really hard for me to find job in the future. But、um, I would just say that、uh, greater influence come with、um, greater responsibility, and greater responsibility come with greater price. And I just hope to through the influence I develop since the anti-national education brainwashing movement, and to let more people 
um, to know that it's the time for the new generation to commit on the democracy movement. Uh, it's not easy road for us. The path towards democracy faces a lot of challenging time and complicated issue. But um, in this long-term battle, fight against the largest communist regime in the world, we just keep on and fight. And I'm always remind myself, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, and still be optimistic. I believe one day we can get back democracy in Hong Kong and even China. Joe, as someone who's an outsider to this movement, but obviously spent a lot of time thinking about it and in watching it, I'm sure you feel a closeness to the people who are on screen in this film. I wonder what you think of the the dynamics of this movement. It strikes me that the last film you made, Chicago Girl, it captures a kind of hopeful time in the Arab Spring in Syria. And in years since then, you know, that's become more darker and darker. And so I wonder, as, as you watch this movement progress, what your hopes, fears for it were? My hopes, obviously, are that, you know, Joshua and all of his friends get to achieve what they set out to achieve and that everybody in Hong Kong gets that freedom and democracy that, that they are, have fought so hard for. My fears are that it's getting worse. I mean, even since we've stopped rolling cameras, uh, Nathan, who you meet in the film, who is elected to the Legislative Council at the end, uh, is now under enormous pressure. I mean, the, the government is suing him. They're trying to bankrupt him. They're trying to force him out of office. Uh, Joshua, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, along with Nathan, were in the Taipei airport and they were attacked. Uh, they were attacked a second time coming into the Hong Kong airport. I mean, these are areas that are supposed to have high security, and they're not. And just looking at the tactics that are being used, they're more brazen than they were a year ago or, or 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. That's my fear is that, you know, China's not going to stop on this. And you've got these kids who I've grown very attached to, and you just want what's best for them because I have such admiration and such respect for you know, the way that they have stood up and raised their hand and said, what's going on isn't okay. Joshua, we watch in the film the Umbrella Movement and the Occupy Movement, where you and your fellow protesters for several months uh, were occupying a portion of, uh, of Hong Kong. And ultimately, it comes to an end, and people are cleared out. And, and I wonder, with perspective, what you think were the positive things that came out of that movement and, you know, and, and what were the disappointments? The disappointment is uh, clearly to let people know that uh, we have commit in the movement for 79 days occupied on the street, but um, we still can't reach political reform. Until this moment, um, the cheap executive election is only allowing 1,200 pro-Beijing elites or tycoons to vote, and usually it will even be the one bank, one vote, and those banks are the pro-China bank. Uh, so in the umbrella movement, we can't reach the goal of uh, political reform and universal suffrage. But with the new generation political awareness and the international community support, I think it's also the things that we gain positively after the movement. And just like um, after the uh, after the uh, umbrella movement, uh, how the international community still keep the eyes in Hong Kong and show their strongly support to Hong Kong, and especially in Hong Kong. Uh, the press freedom is continually eroded by China. Most of the newspaper in Hong Kong is already sent in the side of Beijing, so it's necessary to get the international media to support us. And besides, uh, 
I would say that with the new generation political awareness, we create a miracle in last year's September election. Nathan uh, Nathan Law, who is the umbrella movement student leader, is still a 23 years old university student, and he's successfully being elected to be the legislative councilor member, and is the youngest lawmaker in Hong Kong history. Um, I believe before the umbrella movement, no one will believe a university and university student can become a legislator. But with the spirit of umbrella movement, and we just bring our voice and our courage from the street to the council, from the civil society to the institution, and it's done, and we reached the goal in last year, September. Joe, as you've talked to other journalists who covered uh, this territory, um, I wonder, do, do people see this as something really localized to Hong Kong, or is some of this you know, spirit of a democracy movement, do they see it crossing over into other parts of China? Uh, I think the hope is that uh, it will cross over into other parts of China. I mean, when I took on this story, yes, it was a local story and it was something that was local just to Hong Kong, but my goal with it was how do you make it a more universal story? How do you focus on these characters? How do you get people to get behind something this big? I mean, it's something I found, whether my, my last film or this film is, it's very hard to get people to pay attention to a particular issue. Uh, but if I can get them to care about somebody like Joshua, then they're going to pay attention to the issue at hand. Joshua, I wonder how, how you see it. You talk about China being uh, one country, two systems. Your efforts in the film are really focused on Hong Kong. How much do you see that movement crossing over into the rest of China? Um, Hong Kong is the gateway and a first step for democratization in China. Because Hong Kong is already the best place, having the highest priority to reach to democracy, human rights, and freedom. So if we hope finally China can get democracy back, the first step is let Hong Kong get back democracy. So um, being one of the Hong Kong people and also uh, living under the rule of China government, I think uh, people in Hong Kong will bear huge responsibility to get the first step for reach democratization under the rule of Communist Party of China. We happen to be speaking uh, two days after Donald Trump's uh, inauguration. There are a lot of concerns in this country about uh, the future of democracy here and uh, and threats to free speech. Um, and I wonder, you know, if you think there are things to be uh, uh, learned from uh, from the events in this film that can be applied to America today. I think so. I mean, I think the film, for me, has taken on a secondary meaning even from since, since I finished it just within the last couple of months. And I look at how Joshua has gone out and inspired an entire generation in his home. And I think that we could use some of that here, to, you know, people who are just willing to stand up and look at what is going on in our own country and say, I don't think this is okay. And we need to figure out how to fix it. Joshua, I'm sure you've got your hands full, just focused on the, uh, the issues in your own country. But I wonder how the U.S. election looks to you. I, I've visited the um, United States um, last November after the day of election. So um, it shocked a lot of people with the election result. And I would say that uh, the lesson that can learn uh, for people in U.S. or in different countries is uh, if you hope the society get changed, don't just act as a passive citizen, vote and do nothing. If you hope society get changed, action 
social movement is the way out to let people、um, consolidate the civil society and create a miracle in the future. Joe,、uh, Joshua described seeing the film for the first time、uh, in November.、Um, what was it like for you to share the film with him?、Uh, Did you have concerns about that experience? I did. Well, anytime you make a film about somebody, you're just you're terrified that they're going to turn to you and say that wasn't it or that just didn't work for me. I wasn't in the room with Joshua when he watched it.、Uh, one of our producers was with him and screened it for him. And、uh, Joshua actually, you know, they called me on the phone, and Joshua just said that was amazing. And it's that moment of relief where you're like,、oh, okay, we can go screen this <laughs> together. <laughs> When when you watched it, Joshua, was there anything that stood out to you? Anything that surprised you? Anything that you hadn't noticed as you had experienced it the first time?、Um, of course, all of the footage I experienced. It.、Um, I love this documentary because it records the six-year journey, especially those happy memory with student in scholarism or democisto, the new formed political party. How we. Start from zero and continue to consolidate and to build up our organization and push forward the movement and create one and one miracle. So I would say that、uh, I really、uh, thank you for whole of the documentary production team to put a lot of effort to record the happy memory of this six year journey. To thank Joshua Wan and Joe Piscatella for speaking with me, our conversation was recorded in January 2017 at the Sundance Film Festival. You can watch the documentary Joshua: Teenager vs. Superpower on Netflix. Thanks to our team: series producer Hannah Nordenswan, sound recordist Michael Scotty Jr., and web designer Cross Strategy. Our theme music is composed by Andre Williams. Our executive producer is Rafael Nehausen. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Pure Nonfiction. I'm Tom Powers. You can follow me on Twitter at T H O M Powers. You can read our show notes, learn about live events, and sign up for our newsletter at purenonfiction.net. <laughs>